Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Socks Live Monday YouTube show here, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. My name is Aaron, one of your hosts, joined by Nate. Nate, are you excited for today's show, kind of, after the rough weekend? Well, let's see here. The Bucs lost. Chelsea lost. Arsenal lost today. Arsenal lost to a bad team. Uh, therefore, for, therefore, cementing their place in fifth which is not helpful at all. So it's not been a good week. So hopefully, hopefully this will be a good show to take my mind off of sports. Well, we are talking, we are talking about sports. Son of a gun. And I guess it can't. (laughs) Uh, Not going to do its job, but uh, what is up to Michael, Michael, two Michaels here right now, Jordan and East coast card collector. Good to see you all. And we hope you are excited for today's show. We've got a fun show talking about what does it really take to increase a sports card value right now um, in the sports card market? Uh, hint it's it's not easy that that's the hint right there i'm not in 2022 specifically right now uh, not the easiest of times to gain value on cards but we'll talk about that in today's discussion while when we get into the main topic but to start we will start with our pwcc weekly auction number 17 wait how this get here nate what is this (laughs) can you believe that can you believe that look at this they're fumbling Need, (laughs) need to win Need to win. Dude scores an own goal. <laughs> this is uh, Arsenal's coach here with a sweet edit from uh, at goal on Twitter, fumbling the uh, Champions League trophy, and it looks like it's breaking down there, like in uh, like in uh, Avengers when everyone uh, the glitch. Disappears. Yeah, it's yep. funny, um, but yeah, not not a good day for Arsenal, and it's also not a good day for Arsenal because you losing. Meant that we clinch Champions League next year, baby. Look at that. It's a double whammy for Arsenal fans. You, you today. know what you know what this is? This is uh penance for me two weeks ago telling you that you guys were gonna be in fourth two Sundays from now. And um not only was I wrong, but now you're not even fourth. <laughs> Arsenal's not even fourth. And that means that with the Arsenal loss, all that Tottenham needs to do is get one point against Newcastle on Sunday on the final day of the Premier League to make the Champions League for next year and return to European glory potentially. Uh, however, however, there is a way that Arsenal still makes it. They're not mathematically eliminated yet. The way they can make it is if Norwich beats Tottenham and Arsenal wins or if Tottenham ties with Norwich and Arsenal scores 16 or wins by 16 goals or more. All right. <laughs> That's all it takes. Um, so, so essentially we need Norwich to win. Yes. You pr- pretty much Norwich has to win, which is they're the worst club in the premier league. They're already relegated and the odds yeah, of that happening, but, is... but, but not impossible. But remember, you also have to beat, um, I don't even remember who you play next weekend, but it's a trash team. Yeah. You, you have to beat them too. At the same time. I can't remember. I don't remember the, the schedule. Oh, wait, look at that. That slap sucks. Nate crying here. I don't know if you probably know who this is, but this is Paulo Dybala playing his last match at home for Juventus and his teammate there. We've got Zach for everyone that watches five at five and slap socks FC. That's his uh, little premier soccer investing logo. Looking at Nate crying right there. Cause Tottenham is now going to make the champions league. Most likely I had to do it, Nate. I'm sorry. <laughs> you asked for it after Razzmi for the last three Sundays. So here we are, <laughs> but now officially we're, we're done wasting time and we are jumping here. Um, into this stream and logan one of the lights out lewis hamilton out of 25 psa 10 last night congratulations that's a really cool card but today we switched it up with the pwcc weekly auction recap we did a little thing today where there was nine cards uh in this post on instagram and you the audience if you are on, on instagram got to pick one card from each tier so the top tiers got a five thousand dollar card plus or minus ten percent uh the middle row has got a thousand dollar card Plus or minus 25% technically because like Connor McDavid is like 25% is like $1,300 last night. And then the bottom row, which is a $100 card. So we had our Instagram audience pick plus or one minus of each. 100%. What? I said plus or minus $100 card plus or minus 100%. No, that, that'd be down to zero. Just kidding. Just kidding. You were just like $5,000 card plus or minus 10%, which could be 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Cracks me up. Well, it's just I could we we couldn't pick well we could pick physically three cards that were exactly five thousand dollars, but we had to fit into a range here. Come on, Nate, just give me some, 
give me give me some time here to explain it. Uh, but Nate, I want you to guess. I I don't think you looked at the Instagram polls, do you? Is like over the last hour. Okay, I want you to guess what our audience voted on here for their three card portfolio. Um, I'm going to bet all of the money in the world that it was Lewis Hamilton, Messi, Halliburton. Okay, so that was actually my specific pick. Lewis Hamilton, Messi. Actually, I'm guessing that Burrow made it instead of Halliburton. Okay, well, now Nate's switching it. But uh, I probably should say for those watching podcasts, it it was Lewis Hamilton's 70th gold PSA 10. A John Morant Prism Base BGS 10 Black Label is worth $5,000, I guess, when there's like a million of those cards. Um, Ronald Acuna on card auto Bowman Chroma 499 BGS 9.5 rounded out the 5k range. 1k range was Sapphire Messi Purple at 25 PSA 10 from 2019. McDavid Young Guns Rookie BGS 9.5. Jaron Jackson Jr. Mojo at 25 PSA 10. And then the $100 range was Halle Burton Orange Rookie from Optic of 199 PSA 9. Yoda of 2014 Tops Chrome numbered out of 99 SGC 95. And a Joe Burrow Optic Hollow PSA 8. So if you're in the chat right now, why don't you go ahead and count the three cards you'd want out of those three? But Nate's guest, you said Hamilton, Messi, and Burrow. Yep. We'll start from the bottom. The winning $100. Oh, I shouldn't have changed card, my guess. It was uh, Tyrese Halliburton Orange Rookie of 199 PSA 9 was the most voted um, bottom tier $100 card. See, because that, that's the card I would have just done the left side. That was my first thing was what I would do. Yeah, and yeah. I figured that other people would choose Burrow instead of Halliburton. I didn't give him enough credit. <laughs> um, and then Burrow had 33% of the votes after Halliburton had 40% of the votes. Yoda had 27% of the votes to come in last. Kind of understandable. I mean, sports card market page. But still, that's pretty good to get 27% of the votes. Here we go. This is the middle row here for the $1,000 range. We had some comments, too, from some people in the YouTube chats. Um, someone's always right said, always right 2.0 said all left. That's funny. <laughs> Logan Thompson said Acuna McDavid Burrow. David said Acuna McDavid Yoda. Andrew Acuna, JJJ, and Burrow. Nate, did you actually pick the Acuna over the or the yeah. Hamilton over the Acuna for yourself? Yes, I did. Because? <laughs> because Acuna is a very good young player. Lewis Hamilton is the best of all time. One of the best of all time. One of the best. One of the I top two. One of the top two, three drivers yeah, in Formula One. Yeah, top three for sure. So Ronda Lacuna will never, even though I like him, will never become become a top three baseball player or a top five or a top ten or a top fifteen or a top twenty. It's pretty easy choice. I like it. Look at Nate using his brain. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, here's the middle row. McDavid Young Guns BGS 9.5 actually won with 42% of the votes. Keep in mind that can literally be like a handful of votes um in this poll. It was only live for like an hour to two before this. So by the end of the night, this might look differently. Messi Sapphire Purple at 25 PSA 10 got 40% of the votes. And then the JJJ Mojo at 25 PSA 10 got 17%. Um, I wonder how much just the fact that the McDavid is worth 1300 made people pick the McDavid. You know, like if the Messi actually sold for thirteen hundred last night, which it didn't, it sold for a thousand. I wonder if that would have even had like ten more votes possible. Um, because I did say in the in the in the bottom of the of the uh, actual post how much each sold for, not on the polls, but and then the final one, Hamilton seventieth gold PSA ten got forty two percent of the votes. Acuna got thirty three percent of Morant. I can't even believe that the base black label got twenty five percent of the votes. Like that is absolutely crazy to me. Um, BGS fans. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I, I don't understand. But that was our uh, weekly auction number seventeen recap. Obviously, next week, next Sunday is gonna be weekly auction number eighteen. Uh, don't forget to come to our Flip Quest twenty twenty two live stream at nine forty five p.m. Eastern time on Sundays. Uh, great time. Win some cards, sell some cards, give away some cards. It's a really fun time to hang out there. And then there are that's the champion uh, lineup right there: Tyrese McDavid and Lewis. To be fair, I did not when I I saw your post. I didn't read any comments or see a poll. And I said on Twitter and I was like, Aaron, are you just trying to make me choose the left side? Because I was like, the entire left side is color. And, you know, that's, oh, yeah, that's the type of stuff I'd go after. Obviously, the Mojo is out of 25 and the refractor is out of uh, 499 and the X factors out of 99. But there's no color there. Right. This is. Color. Yeah. And um, I saw the messy purple and not once did I even look at the young guns in the middle. <laughs> I didn't even know it was Connor McDavid. 
<laughs> what? Like I didn't even I didn't even I didn't even look at it. I skimmed right over it and saw the mojo of Jaron Jackson Jr. and said, nah, messy. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> Funny. Um, all right, we're going to get on with the rest of the stream, though, because this is going to be the main discussion. Speaking about what really does it take to make cards go up in value right now in 2020, uh, predominantly talking about playoff game sevens, because this past weekend, I think there was like nine game sevens or something. No. Probably like seven, maybe seven game sevens. There's, I think, four in ho- or five in hockey and maybe two in basketball. Either way, whoever, however many game sevens there were, um, there was a lot. And it was some exciting TV. It was a good time. Um, but we want to talk about how the market has reacted to performances and to um, who's advancing and who's eliminated and what's, you know, I guess whose cards are going up in value slash not and by how much. Nate, why don't you lead us off here, Chris Paul, and last night's. Pretty sad uh, Suns game for those Suns fans. Well, Suns fans and Bucks fans can commiserate both in the championship last year, both bowing out disappointingly in game seven. But Chris Paul, man, him and Booker had tough games yesterday. We won't get into that. But what we will get into is that we looked at a two-week trend here of his 2005 Tops rookie PSA 10. Obviously, his Tops Chrome is more well-known than his tops base, or at least I think so. Maybe maybe I'm in the minority there. And uh, you can see this trend, A, it's down 15% in two weeks, but then you can also see those last two sale points, um, pretty, pretty significant drop, even more than 15% between the last two sales and ye- yesterday's, or the last sale happened yesterday. And uh, yeah, $39 drop here on like a $250 card. Clearly, this is the type of card, um, and Nate will get to this with the rest of them, that isn't super, super desirable. Like, the amount of – I think ever since the whole backlog at PSA has started to dwindle um, in a, you know, a large amount, like 10 million cards, I think, have been graded since that shutdown. Um, that's a lot of cards that have hit the market in PSA 10s and 9s and everything. And a lot – yeah, Nate? It should also be noted that not only the backlog, but also with – with obviously inflation and yes. issues with the whole world. <laughs> well, and that was going to be my point is, oh, that, we're okay. gonna, is that we're going to look at cards that are, you know, rookie PSA tens base, and then also cards, which are rare, you know, autographs, whatever it might be, and try to see um, if there's some differences between the two, or if everything is kind of susceptible to, to drops here with eliminations or poor performances, um, which right. leads us to our next one here, which is the 2005 XPX. This is a rookie Jersey auto out of 750 so like kind of a lot you know it's not really like that rare but it's it still isn't serial number card and um these are reversed on x and i apologize i forgot to switch those back but basically on may 8th 2022 it's over 455 dollars take eight days later this was this morning it looks like 312 dollars which is quite a significant drop um nearly 25 percent of its value wiped out well, actually not over that thing um just within a week and obviously a card this old that thick and one side with kind of dark corners, it's going to be condition sensitive and we don't know the condition on these two rock cards. So there is potential that the card on the left sold on May 8th would looked a little bit better condition wise, but would it be worth a $140 difference? Probably not. And I'd like to point out while we talk about Chris Paul, I'm sure many have already heard this story, but we bought a Chris Paul 2005 Phoenix rookie number of 89 BGS 9.5 is a green rookie. In my opinion, a pretty good, pretty decent card. Uh, we bought it when he was injured back in uh, it, uh, that was late February, early March, I think late February. And we sold it two weeks ago or a week ago. I think now this point, two weeks ago, maybe for a like $150 loss. And, that was right after he went 14 for 14 in the closeout game against the Pelicans. So like a way better selling time than last night. And we still lost money. And I think it's worth what Nate points out. What Nate is pointing out is that there are just a lot of drops happening in the market right now, regardless of what the card is, but sometimes the card does matter. Um, but really, you know, it is very, very hard to have a card increase in value from the start of 2022 until now, which is kind of funny when we physically started the official flip quest, it was the start of 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably the worst time to start like actually regimentally tracking it 
and all that stuff, you know, based, based on how the last five months have went. We will, we will see how negative we go. And hopefully we are, hopefully are, we're less negative than like what the stock market is. That is a great comparison point, actually, because like, you know, to, you could basically say like, oh, it, well, it just would have been better to sit there and not spend any money or, or do any activity. Like you could say that maybe for this year, last year, the next year, whatever year it is. But if you look at it um, over the last like four years, you could have probably said that at any given point. And they, I remember like three and a half years ago, dude, you and I were talking about in your apartment. This might be even, yeah, three and a half years ago. And we were like, oh, man, you know what happens if if uh, the market starts to change, not only the car market, but the stock market, but the interest rates, all of it, you know, and we could have said that any time in the last three and a half years. And you never really would have been, I guess, able to predict the exact point to where, you know, you never would have been part of the massive explosion in sports cards or whatever it is. So technically, you know, having the money in sports cards has been way better than just letting the cash sit there. Correct. Um, but like you can't really, you know predict when something like this happens and then hopefully at that point we're just beating out other markets we're beating out the crypto market the nft market the stock market like you're saying um just interest rates whatever it is the least is what What we're trying to do also if anybody's wondering you know this is a very random spx jersey auto a very random card and what i did was i tried to find a rare card that sold which would have been this and then the same card that sold recently so sometimes you know there was a rare card that sold last night or today but didn't have one that was pretty recent which is why you're going to end up with cards like this that might not be the cream of the crop but they're still rare enough where i think it proves nate i have a question what 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 do you say is the most like uh basic stock market to kind of compare to dow jones Uh, (laughs) you're asking the wrong guy i do i was just reading something the other day about how there's a lot of investors that don't even like the dow jones so I don't know. The NASDAQ? I don't know. <laughs> I won't get into that because I don't know enough. I don't know enough either, but I will say this. Um, looking at these different stock charts and stuff in the year to date, we are pretty much on par. No, we are beating two of the three that I just mentioned. We're beating the NASDAQ. We're beating the S&P 500. And we're ba- basically tied with the Dow Jones for the stock market trend in this year. And that's with forcingly like taking a loss to then buy something else too, which we do with the George Russell. So S and P 500 is always the comp. Well, we are being the S and P 500. So take that stock market. Shout out. We need it by 3% right now. I think that right now I just did the last calculations. They were down 13.77%. Did we create um, the A and N 500? A and N FP flip quest. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, not FP, FQ. <laughs> I don't know why I said FP. <laughs> Flip. Uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, we're moving on from that. But but that was a huge tangent, which is actually super applicable, though. So don't want to, like, you know, understate it, I guess. Uh, Giannis, man, this is painful, bro. Yanni. And, again, did not want to go with just base prism every single time. So we have an SB Authentic 2013 base rookie with the little Greek flag and, obviously, the non-Bucks uh jersey and that is down 21 percent in the last two weeks uh, started at 250 dollars. last sale was 195 um pretty rough obviously not the lowest sale if you go over to the second sale after the 195 that looks like it's probably pretty close if not a little bit under but um a, a tough scene he was clearly dead tired the second half of yesterday's game missing bunnies missing bunnies he doesn't usually miss and in my opinion, even just looking at this card in general, it's like I know that everyone has their own opinion. Everyone has their own uh, taste and their own subjective view on which cards are good or not good or which ones you want to collect or don't collect. And I don't determine that for every or anyone really other than myself. And in my opinion, like this is not a card I would even want to spend $100 on just because I wouldn't want this card. Um, so I'm not surprised, I guess, by a 22% drop if other people think that same thing. Like given that, you know, this is probably a card that, I don't know. I can't imagine really buying this card just for a collection. I think there's probably a lot of other options you could get for around two hundred dollars, or maybe I'm wrong. I kind of like SP Authentic though. I, I love SP Authentic. Affinity to it from my childhood. Listen, I like SP Authentic, but not necessarily for like this 2013 basketball set, which was kind of super random. <laughs> like it wasn't like a SP Authentic hockey that's releasing now with very clear cut like high end cards that come out. And maybe that I'm just like focusing too much on licensing and stuff and i'd rather have a bucks card i guess at that point too 
Hey, real quick, Matthew brings up a, a question before we get into yep. that honest thing. Do you think money is going to other sports? Formula One still seems to be booming. Also, football seems to be doing, going well as well. And National Treasures cards seem to be going for it. Well, the, I think what you're looking at here is pretty much a lower supply thing. Like Formula One still seeming to be booming is is like, yes, it was booming for sure. Up And I would say that like it's not booming at the moment. Like, yes, it's still selling very well. The new Dynasty is released. It's selling well the boxes and everything. Um, the national treasure set just released for football and like the supply is really low. It's like how many patch autos are going to release like that are super chased after, you know, it's just like the first off the line, the NTs of 99 and then some of the smaller, you know, variations after that. But I guess all I'm trying to say here is that like, that's such a small supply marketplace that doesn't really take that many people to like hold up those, those uh, specific marketplaces, especially when we talk about one set for a football thing. Um, I think if you just like look at the grand scheme of things, though, when it is more like how much supply is out there, how many millions of cards are selling, um, you know, weekly probably between all the different places. I don't know about you know millions uh, of like actual volume, but definitely dollars is over that. Um, it 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 just seems to me like that. Yes, some small things are doing well just because of the supply versus demand category, but in general, you might find it easier to say, do you think money is going to things like gas that costs? two times as much as it did some time ago or something like that um, might be the more applicable thing potentially. All right. And so then we have a Giannis Fleer 2013 Fleer retro uh, rookie sensations auto and the non-graded version sold for 600 on May 1st on auction. The BGS nine sold for 482, which I would definitely probably say is worth more than like at the same time than a raw, you yeah, have to assume. Me too. You'd have to assume that if I'm, if you have a raw Giannis, and it's from 2013, like a raw rookie Giannis, especially an auto, unless it was just pulled from a pack and somebody's for some reason ripping 2013 Fleer retro, you gotta imagine that that's not a gradable card. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario a nine, worst case scenario I don't know six. <laughs> at which Maybe point worse. you're spending 150 or hundred dollars or fifty dollars whatever to get it graded by whichever company you choose unless you choose sgc um 30 bucks 30 bucks then uh you, you know you tack it at the minimum 30 dollars on top of that price and it's 630 instead of 482 yeah and at that point that doesn't even matter yeah. <laughs> if, it, if it goes down in value uh but i like when they did they brought up another type of card um another autograph here obviously like not one of the most so after ones but remember this is probably your most affordable rookie entry point on a Giannis auto, like the only entry point on a rookie Giannis, Giannis auto, maybe under a thousand dollars right now. Um, along with maybe a couple others of a set like this, Fleer Retro. Um, but hey, I mean, what what can you say? No cards just maintain value for forever, go up for forever, or not a lot of cards don't, I should say. Moving back to the Sun series, what's up, Michael Brown? Good to see you live here now. Oh, uh, wait, I want to reply to this comment really quick. Always write two point. Is there a modern card index for measuring that market? Um measuring that market i don't know if, what specific market we were talking about but i should just bring something up here quick just because we have everyone live um i'm going to sh share this from card ladder pro uh as you know obviously all this data we're sharing today is from card ladder pro if you i guess if you're listening to podcasts you might not know that if you couldn't see the screen but card ladder pro great platform they are one of our partners because they do have the most excellent and advanced data platform out there uh th th there's like 30 million plus sales in their sales history and then they have verified sales for over 3 million sales, I think. They make up 30,000 some uh, card card pages and everything. It's just a crazy amount of data. Um, pretty pretty uh, cheap and affordable for those that do care about cards and look at cards all the time. Would recommend starting a free trial. There is a link in the description of this video or podcast to give that a try. And right now, we there is something to track, actually. So it's a great point. We were tracking our FlipQuest personally, um, but the card ladder index right here is the 50, you know, I guess, top cards they, they, they deemed it uh, of forever um and if you look at the wait just go to the start of the year yeah i know i, I, I have to customize it so i'm gonna go to the start of the year for the car ladder 50 and we'll see what that has done minus six percent so minus six percent since the start of the year it does take a real sale i think for this to move um so if you like think about it as if um you know a card that sells once a year it won't really renew the value in here until it sells they do have a card ladder value estimate, but it doesn't really, I think, do its thing until uh, there is a sale. So, like, you'll notice you're like, you know, Bill Russell at plus 55%. The last sale was on April 22. 
or April 3rd, 2022, which is it was increasing in price. But um, a much more common card that's sitting in this index, like a Dan Marino, which is 400 PSA 10s, um, has suffered quite the blow, at least you know since the start of the year here, minus 18% since the start of the year, which is way more than minus 6%. Uh, Curry since the start of the year is minus 61%. Uh, wow, a huge sale decline right there on April 29th. So to give a look at, yes, it is beating the S&P 500 by quite a bit. And you can actually look at all the different market indexes here, which are a lot red. This is over the last month. Just about every single market index is red over the last month, aside from baseball and baseball. hockey. Baseball and hockey. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, these are uh, definitely, and yes, most iconic cards. I don't know what I was trying to say when I was talking about the CL50. Um, you're wondering if there's a CL50 for cards made after 2005. That's a great point. I do think that they... I thought they had something that was a modern index, but maybe I'm just losing my mind. You want to click on mid-end and just see what that's what those are like? Do you think that's going to sure, be Sure. So, so mid-end is any card that is valued between... I can't remember. Maybe they have a... I thought they had like a thing here. But uh, in this year, mid-end is down 6.22%. I can't remember. I think it's like $1,000 to $5,000. And anything in low-end is technically below $1,000. I think low-end is minus 12%. Uh, with the rounding and then high end was plus 3.5 percent so clearly the high end cards are stabilizing way better than the the other cards which are except for michael jordan psa 10s did you see that yeah Sale 100... my slabs today hundred seventy thousand. yeah but 171k uh but remember that one was off center plus the the fees on the platform are super small but at the same time it, it still is obviously like a sale so um yeah it's crazy you know at one point what was a 500 or 700 some thousand dollar card the last technical sale is 171 which is crazy brutal back to the game sevens and sports discussion though uh, that was just a look into the card ladder indexes so we got devin booker here nate i found Dermott. this one actually kind of interesting only sure. drop three percent in the last two weeks yeah, went through a little bit of a rise there over the last you know week and a half, and then the losing yesterday clearly did not get people excited for whatever auction was ending last night, and took a drop from there. You know, obviously a much bigger drop from the like five hundred and ninety dollar sale before that, but still not that bad compared to the rest of this. Um, this is a good. Uh, this is actually a good. Uh, Good question from Matthew Johnson. Do we think the card market is normalizing and not decreasing since the COVID boom? Maybe the people that jumped in the hobby are not going back to what they did before COVID. Well, that's definitely been happening for probably like, I don't know, eight months now, I'd say six to eight months. You know, there's plenty of people out there who came into the cards during COVID and were either sneaker flippers or something else or something else or something else. And you're right. Went back to doing something different set of cards, especially when, the profit's just not as big as it used to be or not as lucrative. And it's much more difficult to achieve all that stuff. It's like, if this doesn't pay someone's bills because they're not making as much money, what do they have to do? Go get a job. And then once they go get a job, they're doing less of this, whatever it is, you know, like that's just kind of how it's going right now. Um, and I do think it is contributing just to the overall what's happening in the market, which is why you see certain cards that, you know, are pop five to 10,000. If you look back to like, a year ago, it's down like 85% or something like that, or 90%. It's just like and much more supply, much less demand, and much less just buyers looking to buy them and sell them to the next person, which is really, you know, if you're holding on that card, you probably don't want it at this point. I'd be really curious to hear from people that either A, quit their jobs and started flipping cards full time during the pandemic mm -hmm. and see what they're doing now, because obviously it's got to be, it's got to be pretty miserable as of right now to be those people because you don't have your job and what you were relying on to pay your bills is not doing as well. Um, or, or people have cracked the code and are really good at what they do. There's also, yeah, yeah. That, that's also possible. But do you think that's everyone that quit their job and started flipping cards full time? Oh, no, obviously that's a smaller minority. Yeah. And then number two, I would like to hear from people that started a card shop in 2020, 2021 with this boom, because of this boom, and see how they're doing right now because a lot of that would have been from people just buying wax like crazy, buying into breaks like crazy. And now that they're not, I wonder how these small card shops that are popping up are doing. I I hate to be a negative Nelly, but I can't imagine that's a good time either. 
And remember, that's also another very situational thing, but there's probably situations on both sides of the coin. What allocation did you end up getting? Do you get any? All that type of stuff. What market are you in? But Nate, Nate does bring up a point. I mean, there was a lot of, uh, you know, I guess, ex- and, and for good reason, excitement around it. And like, we're talking from a perspective of this is our full-time jobs is doing this all the time. And it's amazing and feel very blessed to be able to do this. Um, but there definitely is, there's more difficulty when it comes down to strictly just buying a card to then sell the card and all the money you make is within the margin of that card. Like it's just a lot harder. Um, and uh, yeah, def- definitely, definitely a good point. East Coast card collector, the, the distributors are killing collectors right now. I am very intrigued to see what f- happens when Fanatics takes over, what they will do. Like we have said for the last like year now or whenever that happened, I don't know, eight months ago. It's going to be very difficult to actually know until it happens. Um, who's going to get hurt? Who's not going to have control? Who's going to whatever is going to be here? It's not going to be card shops. Is it going to be distributors? Most likely less product for distributors. Is it going to result in better prices for collectors? Who knows? You know, they spent a bunch of money to buy uh, tops and to acquire the licenses. So they're going to have to make a bunch of money somehow. You know, like it's it's just going to be definitely something interesting to uh, to figure out here. Um, all right, we're going to move on to the next card. Feel free, like, you know, as always to to send in. Uh, to send in comments and questions into the chat as Nick, we have them coming in right now. Couple couple things here. Axel C says right here, I quit in February this year and just been focusing growing my eBay store, listing every day. Cards, tickets, sales are lower, but listing every day helps tremendously. I also do only do soccer, so you can make it through this time um, with consistency and dedication, and and a, and a know and know how. You know you know, you need to know what you're doing. And de- um, de- definitely it's also like a personal situation thing too. Like how old are you? How many bills do you have? What are you, you know, family, like all this different stuff. Uh, true. Adds tr- into that. True. You know, if you're a family of six, you know, might be a lot harder to feed your kids. If uh, you're working with cards, if you're just a single dude in your twenties, a lot easier to pay the bills and do what you love. Definitely. Um, and then tech says, uh, my LCS just got bought by a younger guy recently and it has actually been doing better than before. And to that point, I kind of understand that because it, we, nothing, nothing wrong with the older generation. They just have their way. They've been doing stuff for a very long time. And once you get up into your fifties, sixties, and you're almost to retirement age, it's a lot more difficult to just change things around. Whereas if you're a young guy, you probably have a lot of ideas and you just come in and just kick them off from day one. And it probably helps, especially with the younger crowd that's trying to get into cards. Yeah, but I also want to put a post, put it past the older generation to learn the new generation, too, and really relate on that. I mean, there's plenty of people that are well, doing that. Too. I guess I guess I say that. And as I said that, I wasn't thinking about card collectors, but I was thinking about teachers, specifically Kendra's teachers <laughs> and uh, things that would happen there that she'd be like, you know, and it, it, there's a, there's a, there's a, you could do something different, but instead stay the and, same. But I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong either, though. There's definitely like people who are on that side of the coin and then people who aren't also. Um, and then East Coast Card Collector says, my card shop owner is in his 70s and he's been open since 1989. You guys should have him on super knowledgeable. East Coast Card Collector, you should send us an email actually, info at slabstacks.com. And uh, maybe we can set something up because that, that sounds That'd like that. I mean, that's running a card shop through literally every single era since like the junk wax era. So that would be really interesting. And, and you know, like, a guy in his 70s didn't just wake up one day and say, I don't know anything about cards, but I'm going to start a card shop in uh, 33 years ago. He had yeah. to have been collecting cards for quite a long time since that point. So I agree for sure. That's crazy. Um, next one, more Booker action. This is the Orange Wave PSA 10, April 19th, 2022, $2,560 in an auction. So last night, about a month later, or actually this morning for $2,500, not much change in that. Definitely a lower population car to pop 26 right now. But also not much change in the prism in the last two weeks and this in the last month, not a ton of change. Uh, it's just kind of interesting to me where Booker, he lost, and yet somehow Chris Paul's getting the brunt of the blame as opposed to Booker, at least in chemistry. In chemistry, or chem- chemistry? <laughs> Why am I saying what? I don't know. We're, I have I no idea know. where I was going for there, at least for prices. You're acting like me right there, but uh, 
Chris Paul, I mean, the, the point about Chris Paul is that it's like people, I think, were kind of hoping that this was the year that they would maybe win for him. And if that allure starts to kind of vanish, maybe with like the upcoming Warriors now, even with, you know, having Steph and Clay and Draymond there still, and then the Grizzlies and all those other teams that are coming up now and Mavericks who obviously just beat them. I guess why would you buy Chris Paul for like a, oh, maybe I can sell for more later thing if there's not much that's going to be happening over these next couple of years. Um, but with Devin Booker, I think a lot of people can still look at this and say, oh, yeah, you know, there's upside here. He's up in the class with with the young guys like Luca and Tatum. And obviously Tatum or Luca proved last night and Tatum proved this series that th- there's probably a difference between the two of them and Booker. Um, but when a team is playing bad, it's very hard to be the one guy that plays well, uh, unless you're Giannis. So. Other than yesterday, even at that point, it got tough for the sense of the game. Uh, opinion on Luca courtside versus Prism. Are you saying courtside select versus Prism base or courtside select versus Prism silver? Because those would be closer in values. And uh, my opinion is don't buy either. Uh, remember, this is just my opinion. I, I, I really do think that we're at a point now to where, and maybe guys, this could just, and guys and girls, this could totally just be personal opinion. But it's like, Man, you see stuff that is out there regularly available for purchase. And it's just so much harder for that car to move up in value. Um, there still is people that will end up buying a 2018 Prism Silver PSA 10 of Luca or those or those type of players. Because you look last night, and you know, after mass massive game last night eliminating the Suns, there's two, four, six, there's eight that sold for an average of 2,540 around there. But at the same time, it's like you need so much to happen for that car to increase in price, which I think is a lot of what today's discussion even is in general. It's like, well, what really does it take to increase a price in the car? Because you're looking at someone like Luka Doncic, who I hope that that's coming up soon. Oh, yeah. Okay, perfect. You're looking at a guy like Luka Doncic where this this was probably a perfect storm of an auction that occurred with people looking for it, maybe one of the only ones available at the time or something like that, where this card increased uh, 32% in the last two weeks on this Lucas Select Premier Level PSA 10. Um, and then you look at this right here, the Cornerstones Patch Auto out of 75, which Nate's got two raw copies here, once over 2000 and then the one sold for 2400 last night, which is, yeah, eight days later, a $400 game, which is pretty nice uh, on the straight value of the card. But still, like this is not anything what, like it used to be. I mean, you used to have the craziest swings and increases even on a guy like Luca after his massive game against the Clippers with that buzzer beater two years ago, it really is starting to become a like super hard to buy things to say, I want to sell this in three months. I remember Nate, when we used to talk about like, what's the time frame that we should think about when buying stuff, my ideal like thinking when purchasing things within the last like four years, and maybe it's switched a little bit recently as I'm buying more stuff just to hold for a while and see how the players pan out and stuff and, you know, just collect them and watch them and everything. Um, and then obviously just have the collection going forward too. Like I don't plan on selling a lot of stuff I've, I've been buying. Uh, I, I mean, unless stuff gets insane and everything, then that definitely make me think twice about it. But my point here is, is that I used to think about things in like a six month time frame. Like, Oh, I should buy this and think in six months, I hope it hits X or maybe I, I, I wish it would hit X. Like, obviously you can't guarantee anything. Uh, but you know, 30% value gain would have been awesome. And now, I think that's so many people, at least for the last two years, are thinking, how can I make money in the next week, two weeks, three weeks, two months? That is so far gone. Like, it's so gone. Like, it's not even close to being at the point to where it's like, I can buy this and flip this this fast. And I think we've also been finding that out, Nate, through ourselves with selling the FlipQuest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the things we have tried to sell within even like a month and a half. And you would think like, yes, it would do better. I guess the Chris Paul is a good example. Um, a couple of different examples we have. I'd have to go back and look, but like a Steven Stamkos I bought, and, and a per, I thought a great time. He's been doing awesome, and then lost like sixty bucks in there or something like that. It just isn't that easy at all anymore. Even if you do make a great call, you can make the best call in the world, and it might not happen. Yeah, and that's why, like for me, and it's always been this case when I'm buying Bowman Bowman Chrome autos. Last last what May was it May we went to Dallas? Yeah. So last May we went to Dallas and I picked up some Noelvi Martes and I'm okay holding them. But then he gets super hot. They were a good price. I sold them for a profit each in like three months. Um, Same thing with the Aaron Ashby I bought. But then other cards, Julio Rodriguez and Luis Matos, I held on to those bad boys for nine months without before selling. And it's just one of those things where 
you know, I always go into it, especially for baseball, especially baseball prospects, because that's a long run game. I'm okay buying cards and holding it for a year, year and a half. And I think if you have that perspective and then sell early, if you can, are making money, guaranteed money and not like hypothetical money, um, like the Chris Paul was hypothetical. We didn't have a comp on it. So then we were selling it, hoping to make more money. If you buy it and say, hey, I'm okay holding this for a year, a year and a half, two years, and then you see prices rising on that specific card and then you can sell, sell. But uh, if you buy a card expecting to flip it in a month and you can't, you're going to either A, feel like you're forced into doing it or B, really hate that you bought that card and, um, well, probably still force your way into doing it selling it anyways yep and uh looking at two of the high-end lucas like very high-end you know eight thousand plus dollars the blue prism 2018 rookie number of 199 psa 9 has now decreased in price by 13 percent over the, since the start of april so there's been like three sales since the start of april decreased 13 percent down to thirteen thousand five hundred ninety. that was like a two thousand dollar loss on the other side of the coin, the 2018 Optic Contenders on card red auto of 149 BGS 9.5 increased 13%. So you look at this thing and you say to yourself, well, it's both Luca, two cards that supposedly should be sought after the market. Why is one dropping 13% and the other is rising by 13%? And I do think that there's probably something to be said for what like peaked like super hard during the COVID boom because those 2018 Prism Blues peaked super hard. Um, and there's probably more to it than just saying, wow, I have a card that in theory is awesome. The blue color match of 199 PS and I, both of these cards sold last night after the game, both of them, like through the exact same auctions through eBay things through wharf sports cards uh, who can sign them. And they both did like different things percent wise since the start of April. And, uh, I guess my, my point here is, is that one markets are in are still unpredictable and two um you kind of gotta look and see like the the all-time history i think nate is more important now than ever because mm-hmm. in the past you would look at all-time history and say oh man this thing's just up 100 percent, three thousand three thousand percent in some cases since the last year or two years and everything was just like so sky high and, and merry and all that stuff and now if you look it's like oh i mean once guys i'm serious once we're into july if you look back two years from July, a lot of stuff is going to have red. We used to say two years ago when stuff was so cheap. We can't say two years ago when stuff was so cheap. We'll have to say like three to four years ago now. Um, and and that's not everything, by the way. Like there's cards that have done very well in the last two years. Like everyone knows that. There's a lot of serial numbered rare cards that have done really well in the last two years. But even like something like the Luca Prism Blue, um, I, I can't reference like this exact moment, maybe like the all-time history, although I can pull it up here pretty fast it's just really worth that thing to look at the the all-time history because if you look at a card and see that just peak super high maybe the right thinking isn't hey that card can get back to the height maybe it's like oh hey that was just way too much and it still is going to come down because it was just way too overvalued hit 25k nate 25k march 3rd 2021 just about a year ago march 3rd 2021 and now it's down to 13.6 and that is the lowest it's been that's the lowest price this has been since May 30th, 2020, when it was at $6,000. 25K for a PSA 9? Yep. Wow. So, like, everything's changing. Everything's changing constantly. It's very, very difficult to, uh, to you know, really, really predict stuff well, obviously. And Matthew Johnson said, with Prism going down, is this a precursor to prism not lasting once Fanax takes over. And we've had a discussion maybe multiple times. Uh, yeah. I'm like kind of in the thought that there's going to be a lot of Panini releases that, well, there's gonna be a lot of Panini releases that just don't matter long term now, but even like some of these uh, prism ones, you know, like maybe there's a point to where this maybe hits 10 K and from there, it's like, Oh, we finally have our steady floor. Clearly we haven't had a steady floor. If this thing in the last six or in the last four, or I guess I should say seven months, Went from 20K to 15K to 17K, 15, 14, 13.6 now. Like, I don't know when that study floor is going to be. I have no idea. Is the Prism card going to rebound? I have no idea. Um, it's really, 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 really difficult to predict any of this do at you, this point. Do you think that some of it has to do with the fact that that's 
just an absolutely boring card to look at. Like prism <laughs> cards in general are just the most boring cards in the world. Like there's I there's will... nothing exciting about that. Oh, would you say that Cornerstones card is exciting? Patches, four patches, auto, kind of like a marbleized look there. I would say it's significantly. <clears throat> I don't like it, but I would say it's significantly more exciting than that prism. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't blame you. And always write two pointers that boring cards are the worst. But remember, a lot of people love the prism blue on blue. And maybe we have someone that should answer here uh, with their personal opinion. Doncic the one. Doncic the one. What's your thoughts just on this topic in general? Maybe you can bring up a comment and throw it in here. Uh, but Nate- but be- before you before you respond, I want you to think about this. Regardless of how much you like blue on blue or the prism brand, just aesthetically, reg- regardless of blue on blue, put that change that to purple or to green or any- anything else. Is that an exciting looking card or is it just one of the more boring cards? It's just Luca shooting with a weird square around him with a blue square that they changed the color. <laughs> so what Nate's trying to say, I suppose, is that um, the only this is the the best of the worst, the blue one. <laughs> Correct. Well, uh, and black would also obviously for one of one purposes be awesome yeah 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 carl said it'd be more exciting if the blue was purple <laughs> uh, and, 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 oh Go yeah ahead. i was gonna bring up alex's comment so you bring up d nick the one i think it's probably Doncic the one but maybe it's d nick the one uh in hand that blue is a thing of beauty so fair enough if you have the card in hand that makes sense yeah. and i will say like the blue and blue is nice no question about it and then alex says go ahead nate he says, I don't like prism design, but some people may like the simplicity of it. And that is a fair point. You know, people may not like busy cards. I like a little bit busier card than uh, a more boring card. So like for baseball cards, you know, you have the background of what's going on. And and some of these cards have the backgrounds in them, um, especially if it's a if it's a guy that is like that, like that. <laughs> I like that a little bit better. Um, and I will point out. We uh, this is like the most subjective thing ever that we're talking about right now. Like literally, the most subjective thing you could ever talk about is if someone likes the the design of a card or the art of a card or not. Um, so what we say, or yeah, I mean, I'm not actually dis- disagreeing with Nate. Well, like yes, the prism I think card is on the more boring side. Like for this specific card, I think there is a lot of excitement there. I think the thing that's driving this card down more in price is the fact that it was so expensive, um, and it's just like. Maybe the people who spend spend so much money already have one of them, you know. So where it's like, who if you want to pay that much money, do you already have one? That might be might be a thing too. And uh, always right says that he thinks that the photography is important, and that's true as well. Um, but you're, I, I see your point uh, about the boring thing versus not the boring thing in general with cards, and it, it does matter. Um, I think it does matter. And then the on card autograph here potentially is helping out. Maybe they were just you know less bought a year ago than the prison blue, which is very much so why this might be having more, more of a chance of going up in price. We do really got to get going here though, a little faster. Uh, yeah, but Ooh. feel free to still comment stuff and we'll pull up comments as we go, but we'll go faster through the presentation. Grant Williams, PSA 10. I don't even want to talk about this guy at length. Seven, seven threes, whatever he hit. Congrats. Celtics one uh, plus 30% prison based PSA 10. Not really hard. I guess to understand why after he had a career day in a game seven to have the Celtics move along. And then this card right here. Real quick, uh, real quick. Yeah, you know, what's crazy to me is that this is the type of card. He has a this game last year or in 2020. It's not just a $6 change. People are probably spending like $70, $80 on this card and going crazy. No doubt about it. That's a great point. You're right. And that's what I was kind of saying earlier, like, you know, it's not the massive exponential gains. Nate's right. This card would have like 5X'd over the night if this was like two years ago. And also a great point here. People graded Grant Williams. Man, back in the day when you're paying $8, $11, whatever it was, the great cards, you'd probably throw anything in that package. You threw every single rookie you pulled, pretty much. And then uh, Orange Ice Auto PSA 10 at 100 on April 9th, 2022. May 16th, $145, you know, $45 gain on a more high-end card, less percent gain. Oh, no, actually, it was probably pretty similar percent gain right there. Jason Tatum, plus 8% on the prison base PSA 10. Not bad, considering how base cards have been going over the last two weeks. And for select jersey auto, 655 on May 15th, 
yesterday and today it's over 750 100 dollars more both out of 199 jersey autos so has a better chance i guess to gain some dollars if it's got the autograph on there and is a nice brand to have uh, Nate, any comments on tatum before we move on uh no <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think so Connor McDavid, PSA 10. This graph is a little interesting, down 14.5% for the Young Guns, PSA 10. But once again, I think this definitely is a card that probably is a little bit too expensive um, given how many are out there. But at the same time, there is a lot of conversion rates that's going on here for Canadian to USD, USD to Canadian with people buying back and forth between Canada and USA. So there is some variance in the values more than other cards that normally are traded within America only. Um, hard to say for sure how, this, how it affects this graph. But this should at least speak for itself. Uh, McDavid, 2015 Ultimate on-card auto of 175 BGS 9.5. So for 4550 on May 5th. Last night, one sold on PWCC for $8,400, which is a nearly $4,000 gain in about 11 days. McDavid, How much is that? Do you, yep. Is that an old slab and the auto grade is on the back of that one? Yeah, you know what? Sometimes Nate, they just threw it on the back, I think, when they ran off the autograph chips i'm like convinced that's what it is because this is not like that much it, like there's no difference oh, yeah it here. says 10 auto on the Discord. yeah exactly so it, like it has a 10 auto it's just that they ran off chips which imagine that switching your slide because you run off supply of something um my, the point here is is that mcdavid's high-end market has been pretty strong over the last two weeks with one of the most incredible playoff series that's happened uh and pulling his team out of the dumps after their overtime loss in game five, winning the next two, move on to the next series. Uh, I do have a high-end McDavid, the PMG Red Rookie out 150 PSA 8. I am going to be selling here in the next couple weeks. That's going to make that very known. And I do think for high-end McDavid stuff, if you're looking to short-term sell, now is the time. I mean, even if they make the cup, which would be amazing, win the cup, sure, it might gain a little bit more value after that. But look at you know Joe Burrow, who lost in the Super Bowl, and his stuff gains so much value. I know that McDavid is better than Joe Burrow to the hockey car market, all that stuff. And maybe you know long term, I think McDavid is a great play. But at least for myself and wanting to sell a shorter term and other people, I really do think now is probably the time um, that that is to to sell uh, some McDavid short term if you want to. If you want to, that's just I'm just trying to speak from my own personal perspective and what I'm doing. Uh, and we are talking about hockey now, obviously, as kind of a quick transition from basketball to hockey. But just trying to give some sense of some more markets and players are doing stuff versus not doing stuff, getting eliminated. Johnny Goudreau had the game winner last night for the Flames against the Stars. A sale did not happen yesterday, so this is a one-month chart here with a sale coming after the game. Uh, $2 loss, you know, 0.7%, no movement right there, really with no playoff excitement, I guess, even though they were one of the best teams this year. And the Cup RPA number of 99, one of the best single cards for a hockey player, probably like in a lot of people's opinion, the best single card. Uh, $1,104 yesterday, May 15th, $1,165 on May 2nd. So even with the game winning goal sold last night, price didn't pull as high as it did. And even with the better patch, too, I, I feel, I mean, that little red hiding there on the left side doesn't really make up for having, I feel like, a red, yellow, and white um, patch on the right kind of McDonald's patch there. And then, uh, Artemi Panarin, who scored the game winner in overtime for the Rangers yesterday. This one also did not sell since his game winning goal. So it's hard, you know, there's not as many sales happening in the hockey card market. Down $21, down 12% uh, from a month ago. So not much playoff excitement here, obviously. And then even his the cup auto. Uh, this is a 2019, though. This is not a rookie card. Sold for $81 in February 15th and $51 last night, even with the game winning goal. So uh, just not much movement there. Sidney Crosby. Young Guns, PSA 10. Uh, and uh, Donchus, the one, thank you for that. Great video, guys. Have to run. Hit that like button. Thank you so much for joining in. For uh, I really think it's D-Nick. There's someone on Instagram called Donchus, the one, and they came in talking about Luca cards, so I would not be surprised. Okay, fair. But then why is there... Okay. Maybe it is. Maybe it's D-Nick the one. Okay, maybe I'm, I could totally be wrong. So I think I just feel like if it was Donchus the one, Donchus would be written out. Or at least there'd be a missing O, but a second C. Yeah. No, you could be right. I could be stupid. Maybe it's two different people. You're right. Actually, I probably am wrong. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. I'm an idiot. But either way. Either way. I apologize. <laughs> Cindy Crosby, PSA 10. Young Guns gained some decent value in the last month. Although they did get eliminated um, to the Rangers last night over time. And then this guy, Jake Odinger, goalie. I hope I pronounced that right. Or Odinger, goalie for the Dallas Stars, saved 57 of 60 shots yesterday. 
he was just getting bombarded in overtime, was making the craziest saves. Finally, one got through from Goudreau, who we talked about two slides ago. And his young guns has done pretty darn well, 42% rise in the last month. But if you go back six months ago, it's gained like 300% value. So clearly, even with getting eliminated, you put in a massive, massive, massive performance and you can still gain value. But really, it did take like one of the best goalkeeping performances I've ever seen with my own eyes, which, I mean, I've watched a decent amount of playoff hockey games and stuff, but not as much as, of course, like a diehard hockey fan. Um, but yeah, so he he's really, really been gaining value just based off his performance. But even like a Sidney Crosby... 2010 now not a rookie card but sp authentic patch auto of 100 560 dollars down to 428 dollars on may 16th that's from january 13th to may 16th so a drop in price austin matthews got eliminated ripped to the leafs fans and the maple leafs in general another first round exit haven't won stanley cup since 1967 and this psa 10 is down three percent a sale did happen yesterday a little bit of a dip right there so you know it's going back under 2000 where does it go from here We'll only see, you know, I think that the the whole point of this, looking at this stuff is like, everything's kind of a gamble, especially buying the playoffs. Um, so if you're looking at this, this is his SP Authentic BGS 9.59 auto. So for 6,400 on April 24th, one with a 10 auto, clearly a better copy. Um, only sold for $600 more on May 15th, which you would kind of expect there to be a bigger difference than that. So I really do have to think that regardless of it's basketball, hockey, Baseball obviously doing okay in some sense, but some cards dropping. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. Like that all-time game right there from that Stars goalkeeper and, you know, Doncic having an absolutely unbelievable game seven. The Suns getting crushed. And remember, we just talked about, I don't know, Nate, like 30 different cards. But that's like 30 cards out of like the millions out there. And how many cards are not having amazing game sevens in the playoffs or whatever it is, you know, like, it really does take a lot for a card to gain value right now in 2022. And I don't think it's a lot of stuff that maybe you can control sitting there. Um, you might have made the best call in the world. Like we thought we made some good calls, not like best call in the world, but like if, 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 if everything else is decreasing value, stock market, crypto, NFTs, and normal stuff is becoming more expensive, just less money is going to get spent on cards. And we knew that was possible for a long time. Um, and I don't think there's any way around it right now, really. And I think if you buy stuff, um, have in your head that you want this for, I don't know, six months to two years, maybe even on some cards. And I'd recommend not buying cards that are super expendable. Uh, this is all recommendations, personal opinions. I want to just make this clear. This is not, I guess, financial advice or anything. This is just me sharing what my thoughts are on this. Um, it, it really, I think, does come down to not buying things that can just get resold and undercut as people maybe need to go buy more gas. People probably have no problems jumping into their box, grabbing out like a Luka Doncic Prism PSA 10 and selling it for $350 if they have to. People probably have a problem with going and grabbing out their Juan Soto Topps Chrome Refractor out 250 and selling it because they know it's going to be hard to replace maybe a year or two down the line. Um, that's how that's how I feel about it. Nate, I don't know how you feel about it, if that's the same way. I would agree. I would agree. I think I think scarcity is key right now. And, and and that's also not to say that if you do buy a scarce card, it will go up in value either. <laughs> no, you can definitely lose money on a scarce card. As as we've done. I think that the biggest thing is that uh, I know some people do it to to make money and it, and it could work out. And I'm not telling you it can't work out. But the odds of buying a card to flip it within the next four months and make money on just from buying a graded card and selling a graded card is very difficult. You would like the way that the best possible way to probably do it is by buying a card and like listing it for like a buy it now, you know, PWCC, eBay, wherever you want to sell it. And like having someone just buy it because it's rare and they want to get that card. Like the one of one soda we bought last night, Nate, that's a card I could imagine making money on in four months because of the one of one nature to, and maybe someone wanting it for the collection. Yep. But if there's all these other listings that have the market price lower, you just can't physically do that with a card that's not rare. Correct. So that, that's exactly how I think about it. Um, Michael, what about color Herbert ahead of football season? No seasonal bump this year. Here's the other thing. Like Michael brings up a good point. This isn't all marketplaces either. There's a very good chance we sit here in July and we're talking about, holy cow, Nate, can you believe how much Burrow contender autos have gained ever since they dropped so hard after the Super Bowl? You know, they're back up to $5,000. There's a chance that it happens. There's also a yeah. chance it doesn't happen. And I, I would say, I would say if you're buying cards, they better be cards you're comfortable holding. For a year plus, 
That's what I would do. If you're buying cards that you're not comfortable holding for a year plus, you just shouldn't buy the card. I I actually have got to totally agree with that. I will say there's a caveat here to where there's ways around this and trying to keep on flipping stuff. And Nate, do you have a guess? Grading. Exactly. So Nate brings up the one thing that I think right now, it actually can give you an opportunity to buy a card and within like a month and a half sell for more money. Um, well, okay, outside of the fact that you could buy Grant Williams a month ago and sell it for more today. But this, these are like the very small, um, small, you know, percentage plays that we were just talking about through this live stream. That's like, hey, how likely is it you do buy the Jake Odinger Young Guns rookie and flip it? You know, if you watch our last video, um, our Slab Reveals episode number three, you can go watch it right now after this live stream as we're about to wrap up. You know, we revealed 10 different cards we get at SGC. I think about maybe like seven of them worked out, three of them didn't. But we've, we've, every single submission we've gotten back, pretty much, we've made money on over the last four months. And I would say buying and selling slabs that we bought has went a lot worse than, than buying, grading, and then selling. And we sold a lot of them through PWCC, and we cover those in our flip quest each week, even if they don't add into the flip quest dollars. You know, last weekend we sold two S, well, an SGC 9.5 Hamilton, SGC 8.5 Stamkos. I think it was nearly like $1,200 in profit, and I bought those both a month and a half ago. And, okay. and and to an extent, that makes sense. You know, buying raw and grading, as long as you buy the right, right raw cards that look good, so you're not going to get a PSA 6. Shout out Jordan Lawler. Um, <laughs> SGC 6. Or SGC 6. Shout out Jordan Lawler. As long as you buy the right cards, it should work that way. You should still be able to make money after grading fees in this market because... Raw cards should be that much lower than, you know, raw cards should drop the same amount that graded cards are dropping. And, and it, you know, it's like creating your own margin along the way um, to where like you're just adding value. If, if you're doing the right thing, like Nate said, like I would highly not recommend buying like some type of $50 base card trying to grade it and sell it. Um, there's no way I would do that. Buying a nice rare card and grading it and selling it like, I think can work out like they, even the Bobby Wood Jr. You bought, there might be like some damage on it. I think I looked at, but like it, it might be worth gradient. But at the same time, it's like, that's the type of card that by the time you get it back, it could already drop, I don't know, 20 more dollars to where like at that point, it's not green that worth grading right now. It might be like, a, you know, six months from now, who knows, but uh, it really does have to do with, with not having cards keep on setting new lower comps too. It's just strategy behind it. Like we're just being, I think super honest here with like how the market's going and how to think about, you know, ways to maybe still make still make plays in the market, maybe on a weekly, monthly, or three month basis, while also knowing that if you are buying uh, rare stuff to hold, it, it is going to be a little bit of a longer play, which I think is kind of like how I used to think about four years ago. So I think it's just really returning back to that philosophy too, which I kind of like because four years ago it was pretty difficult. It was extremely to, difficult <laughs> to to be like, all right, we got to really choose who we're going to buy carefully. You know, we didn't just go buy every single baseball player in the world and make money on them like you could do a year ago when if he hits two home runs in spring training. You know, you had to be smart about who you bought and expect them to not just have a good first week of the season or a good first month. You needed them to have an entire good year, an extended good year of baseball to be able to make money on them. And um, for me personally, that was a lot more fun because it was a lot more challenging. Yeah, and we just got a comment here from Game On Bro uh, that says that he left a thumbs down on the stream because we ignored all of his questions. Definitely was not on purpose. When we we're kind of rambling here about different topics, sometimes we do uh, miss some of the questions in the chat. But Game On Bro said, who's your favorite Avalanche player? No question, Nathan McKinnon. Thanks to a Dominion patch auto we, we bought a couple weeks ago. Um, and I hope he keeps on doing really well. He's been having a great playoffs thus far. And they I think they swept the Predators. So hopefully that keeps going and uh, keeps moving on. So. That'd be fun. But I guess Game On Bro it might be gone for good. So sorry, Game On Bro. Did not mean to ignore the question, but just, you know, there's a lot coming in. We're talking about different topics here. So we will definitely try to do better and make sure we're pulling up questions as as they come in. Uh, I think that that would about... Oh, and then here we go. Will Sutton actually had a question that we missed too. Should I sell all my PSA 10 Bowman first autos or is it a long-term hold? I've even seen these premium cards start to slide like Franco, J-Rod, and Soto, which is true... Um, but Nate, before you go, since this is definitely your topic, I would also bring up the fact that the baseball season started and is going right now to where we do see this each year 
no matter the sport, prices just naturally dip after the season starts. Uh, unless you have XYZ Vlad Guerrero Jr. last year who just pops off, you know? Yeah. Um, well, it depends on where you bought them at. Like, if you think, if you personally think they're going to keep going down and that you can sell now and buy them cheaper later, then sure. If you think that you're going to be losing money, not 100% sure they're going to keep going down, believe that they're going to go back up in like two years and you don't need the money at at any point in that time, I'd say hold. So it, it's all, it all depends on your personal, your personal time. If I had a Franco or a Soto or a Bobby Witt or a Julio Rodriguez or anybody like that, you better believe I wouldn't be selling right now. I would be holding. If I had a John Kenzie Noel or um, a Luis Arias or somebody like that, you better believe I'd be selling right now. Good sentiment, Nate. Good thoughts. Well, other than that, this week, if you do want to join us, hopefully for some uh, fun, affordable packs here on Whatnot, Whatnot each day, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, we will be live uh, selling different sports cards. And we do start these packs always at very affordable, what, for the product cost. And we start them at good prices. You know, we try to get people deals on these packs. Uh, obviously, we know it's difficult to not only get hobby packs these days, but to have them be decent prices too. Um, so feel free if you are checking out uh, different streams this week on whatnot, swing by 6 p.m. Eastern time. We got baseball on tomorrow on Tuesday, soccer on Wednesday, and some more Bowman on Thursday um, with Nate. So it should be a fun time. Always is a fun time over there. And uh, we hope you all join if you want to. Other than other than that, I think that's going to wrap it up. I think we got a lot of our thoughts out, so I don't really need to repeat myself or Nate needs to repeat himself, I guess. Uh, but other than, uh, than not wanting to watch basketball other again, ever again <laughs> after that Bucks loss. Go Warriors, I think. Jordan Poole. Nate, who's your pick? Jordan Poole and Kevin Kevon Looney is my only two rooting interests now in the playoffs. Honestly, I think I'd rather see the Mavs just because it's still so absurd to me that Jason Kidd is coaching in the Western Conference Finals. That's a, that's a Like, that was one of those moves where me, an unintelligent person, said, why would they do a retread on Jason Kidd? We've seen how that went with the Bucks. This is the stupidest move in the history of the world. And uh, somehow that team bought in to Jason Kidd's defense, and they've been amazing. Now, we'll see how it goes, because the first year of the Bucks, they bought into the defense. They were amazing. And then every year after that, when teams figured it out, uh, we were worse and worse and worse. But I'm going for the Mavs, because I just, I, I just can't comprehend that Jason Kidd is coaching in the Western Conference Finals. Is it more Jason Kidd or more no Kristaps Porzingis? <laughs> True, I don't really like Chris Stops. I think it's Jason Kidd. I just I just can't believe it, so I'm going for him. All right, I got you. Well, I want the Milwaukee boys to do well. Thank you everyone for joining tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, I know it wasn't maybe like the most like energizing discussion given that a lot of this is talking about how cards you know you might need to hold longer than maybe you're expecting, but also at the same time, I think that if you're here right now watching, it means you love cards, it means you want to be a part of a community and have a fun time doing it, which is why we love doing this too. So we really do appreciate you all for coming. Come back on Sunday. Check out the FlipQuest episode number 18. We'll see you all next week. Have a great rest of your week and stay safe. See you guys.